Hello and welcome to the Hoop Troop Podcast. I am Matt O'Connor and joining me as he does on all of our shows is my cousin Luke Drobner. What's up guys? Um, and he's actually, he's eating a little dinner here. We got a, a little variance on our, I'm on the East Coast, he's on the West Coast, so I'm, I'm keeping him into his dinner time, but he's eating some nice chicken dinner. Looks pretty good. So if anyone hears any slurping or I don't know. Ravenous eating. It's all Luke. He's just being an animal. <laughs> if you just, if you watch the uh, video, you can see my disgusting eating habits. Yeah. For our YouTube fans, this might be the, the end of it. <laughs> that or they might take, they might want you to actually make them dinner. Honestly, it looks pretty good. I'm, I'm impressed. Luke. I could do like a little. Look at that action. Oh man. Yeah. Um, all right. So speaking of, speaking of good action, um, there's one thing I want to touch on because I know that we said that we we're going to do a little preview on a couple teams. There's one thing I, w- I wouldn't be a true fan if I didn't mention it because it just happened oh. within the past two days. Um, Frank Nielakina, my favorite player in the NBA, has not only um, left the Knicks, not necessarily by his choice. I'm sure he would have come back, but um, he is no longer a New York Knick, but instead he is now a Dallas Maverick. Um, signed some two-year, like, one-and-one deal with a team option, um, which breaks my heart because of all the teams for him to go to, he had to go team up with Chris Stapps. Like, that is – I want to root for him, and I want to see the team he's on succeed. But then again, like, I don't want to see Chris Stapps win. So I'm I'm pretty conflicted now. If you look at their comment sections on all those posts, people are like, I hope Chris Stapps gets traded so I can watch Frank. That's, I mean, like, yeah, no one – no one like, even Dallas fans don't like Chris Stapps. So it's, like, really funny. But that said, yeah. I am I am happy for Frank because like my my bias and fandom aside, I there aren't many better places for him to go to like revive his career because he's going to be playing off ball there no matter what. It's either going to be Doncic or Brunson with the ball, which is right. perfect because then he can go be an off ball defender, spot up three point shooter, and like kind of establish which is what he's best at. Right, I think, exactly. I think we're going to see the Mavericks play a lot like uh, the Slovenian team did for the Olympics. I could Where see Luka that. just has the ball all the time and he just makes a bunch of plays. Yeah. Yes and no. Cause like, I think that they've done a little of that in the past. And I guess it also depends what Jason Kidd comes in and, and wants to do, but like Chris Stapps doesn't like it. Like he doesn't like being an afterthought in an offense, which again, like it doesn't overly matter, but it kind of does when you're paying a guy like close to 200 million, like over his contract, like you kind of want that guy to be happy and contributing in the best way he can. I agree with you, though. I think the best way the Mavericks operate is just let Luca do his thing, and then that's that. If Chris Epps is unhappy, my, my record is worse. I get a higher draft pick, and maybe I can draft someone like a Kawhi Leonard at 15 or something like that, right? Like, yeah, someone, I mean, like, someone nicely happen. paired next to Luca. Yeah, well, and I think that's the other thing, too. Like, I, I, at some point, you need to stop pandering to them as, as a core and look at, like, right. look, Luca, you in an ideal world want to treat as a Dirk who's going to be here his whole career and you do anything mm-hmm. to keep him happy. And if it's not working with Chris Tapps, like that's not it, but you have to make him your priority. Um, which on a s- very small level, I think bringing in Frank Delkina does that because now he doesn't have to guard him. He, he put the clamps on Luca every time uh, they play each other. You don't have to worry about him now. <laughs> Frank puts the clamps on everybody. Let's be honest here. Yes. Oh, hell yeah, he does. Best player in the NBA. One one positive to come out of this is I'm going to be able to buy the Frank jersey now, like the Knicks Frank jersey, for super cheap before they send it um, off somewhere else. I see. <laughs> so I'm going to sneak in there, sneak in there, get my Frank jersey before uh, <laughs> they go overseas. Um, yeah. All right. Now all right, that I got that out of my in. system, 
now that I got that out of my system, because I there was no way I wasn't going to talk about it. You had um, to. So we each picked two teams, and we want to do a little preview. Um, I do. I think we should start with one of yours. Okay. I want to start with the Pacers because I know you wanted to bring them up. Yeah, let's do the Pacers. They're a fun team, and I feel like they were super active at the beginning of the offseason where, like, they hired Rick Carlisle, and then it kind of got a little quiet. But I don't think they had to do much, and I think hiring him was pretty monumental. But this is your team. I want you to give whatever. Yeah, so, I mean, I think you did a really good job of opening that up a little bit. I kind of wrote about them last season mostly because the, the team hasn't changed. I mean, you hear a lot of people talk about, like, continuity, and, you know, you have guys who play together for a long time, and they end up performing better. So, you right. know, they got, like, TJ Warren's coming back from injury. Miles Turner, oh. questionable here and there. Karis LeVert didn't play half the season. Um, I think they were one of the teams that struggled a lot with COVID. I know Miami and Boston were also mm-hmm. having problems, but I think Indiana was also one. So, but, I mean, like, they also have a lot of – their starting – their starters are Brogdon, LeVert, T.J. Warren, Sabonis, Turner, and then they have guys like T.J. McConnell and Jeremy Lamb off the bench, uh, and uh, Justin Holiday, who's a good shooter. Right. Maybe they lack a little bit of depth at center, but they have uh, – I think they drafted somebody. And they also drafted Chris Duarte, who looked good in – Yeah. And, and I think that summer. was part of the appeal for them in drafting him because they're not looking for a project who you're going to develop. Like, he was one of the older players. someone in, now. Right. He was one of the oldest players ever drafted. Like, he really is a plug-and-play guy. I didn't like him in the draft kind of for that reason, but that was also because he was getting drafted in that higher range. But for them, it made sense. Like, I get it. Um, right. And my, they also added Tory Craig. I just want to mention yeah. that as well. So it's, it, he honestly, plays, like, that like, forward role. Because after TJ Warren, who's the phone in there, you know? Right. And, like, I think that they are in an interesting spot because they can play pretty loose as far as, like, a traditional – five-man setup where you have your true point guard to your true center. They have a lot of guys who can fluctuate a little bit. You can mix and match some lineups. Exactly. Um, And the reason I'm excited about them, and I I think a lot of people might not be, I really didn't like them last season, um, kind of for the same reason that I actually do like them this season. Um, I didn't love the Sabonis-Miles Turner fit originally, but I feel like Turner's always in trade rumors, though. Right. But here's the thing. Rick Carlisle, in his tenure with Dallas, mm-hmm. what did he excel at? Playing those bigs. They played centers and had Chris Stapps right next to him. So. Right. And even before that, Dirk Nowitzki. Like, he specialized True. in stretch bigs. Like, that was kind of his thing, and it really worked. And they, he made a – I mean, they won a finals doing that. And granted, like, no. Do I think any of the players on their team are Dirk? No, I don't. But I think his experience. You have the formula. Exactly. And so I think that with a couple tweaks here and there, I think that team could be awesome. And I also think, like, again, like I just mentioned, how they, they can be flexible in their lineups. Like, you have a, a couple stretch bigs that you can play around with and, like, do some different things. And, you know, maybe some things that work for Dirk work with Sabonis. But then, you know, you want to try something else with, you know, Miles Turner. I don't know. Like, I think that is super intriguing to me. Um, I see Turner a lot like Porzingis where, yeah, he's seven feet tall, but is he really like a center? Is he somebody you want to play center? He's like an average rebounder for a big, right? He, yeah. I don't have the stats on me right now, but I don't think he's a gr- the best rebounder. 
but he shoots, he plays defense, he blocks shots, right? So he, they have a similar player build for his right. center. So I mean, yeah, like I'm, I'm pulling up his stats. Uh, like over his career, he averages like a little over six and a half rebounds a game, which, you know, it, it doesn't seem like if that has overly changed. But if you, if you, if you play someone at center, don't you want him to grab somewhere between like 10 to 15, right? You got to be, yeah. But I mean, but like, you're he's right. a power forward. I, and it benefits you to have Sabonis on the roster because you can play Sabonis at center. You can play Sabonis at power forward. Right. Except here's the th- right. Exactly. I think that they, they in past systems didn't really complement each other. Well, um, even kind of now, see- like you still don't have that like bang down low big that you kind of need. But I think that like realistically, if you look at those Mavericks teams in the past, the Carlisle had like, I like, I'm trying to think. It was like Brendan Haywood was the center on those teams. Like it was never anyone that dominant. I guess you had Tyson Chandler for a little while. Um, they won the like, championship with Tyson Chandler, right? But and that, so that's like probably the best center they had. But he also, the way he played, was way more defensively oriented. Like it's not like he was really a focal point of an offense. Like it was more he was a piece to the to the prize. Where I think now. With these guys, you can be more versatile. And I think you can still use that Tyson Chandler mold with Miles Turner. Miles Turner averaged three, 3.4 blocks last season. That is nuts. Like, that is – a good he, interior defender. He's the modern right. version of what, like, uh, JaVale McGee is or, like, DeAndre Jordan on the Lakers right now. Like, right. DeAndre Jordan's just going to run and dunk. Yeah. No, and – And Turner's kind of changes that role a little bit where, yeah, I'm a center – but the only thing I really do for you is kind of vertically space the floor. And um, Turner doesn't necessarily offer the vertical spacing or the rebounding, but he offers the defense and he offers floor spacing because he can shoot threes. Right. And actually, it's interesting. I'm Now I'm looking at this, and I guess I haven't overly studied his three-point percentage that much. He it's had, okay. Yeah, it's not as good as I thought. Like, I thought he was a better stretch big than he was. He had one season, 2018-2019, where he shot like 38-39%. But then for the rest he's of like his career, shooter. he's like, a, yeah, I'd say he averages like 35%. But then it's I'd very, say realistically looking at his other years, it's probably a little lower than that. I feel like he had the one outlier year. Um, you, 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 you almost see it like a Draymond Green. The difference between Turner and Draymond Green is Draymond Green's going to step out and guard a Steph Curry, Damian Lillard. He's going to guard a LeBron James. He can't do that with Miles Turner, right? You, he right. kind of has to guard the opposing team's big. But he's that body you can put on someone like a Jokic, right? Right. Or an Embiid. Exactly. And I think Embiid, Embiid is the, the better – because you don't want to put Sabonis on Embiid. You need someone to no, guard Embiid for you, right? So I think Turner kind of fills that role where he's just a defender. He's just trying to – he's a piece in the puzzle. So, But again, now, looking at this team, in the East, what is their ceiling? Like, I don't – they're not like a one seed. Like, they would need to no. be active at the deadline to get – to be a, an Eastern Conference contender, like they would need to implement, they would need to have like almost like a, a heat esque core where you know you have your go to guys, they're gritty and they they're gonna do their specific role, they're gonna excel at it. Where you're not gonna have these stars who can kind of do it all. It's more like you have your guys who know what their role is and they do it well. Mm-hmm. And so like I think you can add to that. I think that they can be a little more aggressive if they want. They're definitely a bottom four team when it comes to your top eight seeds. I think but so. I, I, I have them down as four to eight. And in my mind, I think they're a playoff lock. They might fall down into the play-in, but I can't see them losing the play-in. 
right? Right. If they go up a team against like Charlotte or um, like other teams that might be down there at the bottom, like the Bulls or uh, New York or someone like that, I feel like you can kind of see them beating those teams. You, they're competitive within that group. See, it's interesting. And I'm not, I'm not even going to use the Knicks. I'm going to use the Bulls in this case. Like, mm-hmm. you think they're definitively better than a team like the Bulls? I think they're, like, very much just been, in that. I mean, the, the, the almost – it's the same exact roster, basically. And everybody on that roster has been to the playoffs. The, the Pacers have been a playoff team in the past couple of years. So, in a, in a one-game series, I think they understand. I think they can put it on the line. And like you said, a lot of those guys know their role. They're going to play right. very cohesive basketball. They're going to make you play 48 minutes. You know, do they need someone to take another step? Like, if they wanted to be up there with the Bucks and the the Nets and whatnot, they're going to need uh, Paul George, right? But they don't they don't have that. But I still think they're a great team, and I still think they can go far. And that, like Karis LeVert, I think Karis yeah. LeVert's going to give you twenty a game, and he's proven he can put in 40, 50 in a game as well. So, oh, definitely, just, it's so hard to doubt them. Yeah, I think I am more like I like them for what they are. I don't like them in this in the like with the actual view of the conference and i guess the league as a whole like yeah. i just think that they lack that true firepower um, but that said they're like, not a, they're think, not a contender but they're a good team i agree like i could very easily see sabonis becoming an all-star again like i like mm-hmm. that would not shock me under this system and i wouldn't be shocked if we are having like these serious conversations about brogdon and karis lavert in like almost like a coming out year where they're like a most improved type player. Like you look at it like that. I could see Karis LeBert having an all-star year this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I really, if he can stay healthy, I think is really the the kicker there, which I know last year wasn't really his fault with the, um, you know, what they found internally. Like that was, you know, just kind of what it was, but like, and even so the freak accident too, like, I guess looking back on it, he's just been unfortunate the past couple mm-hmm. of years, but Oh, yeah, I could totally see it. Um, all right. Let's move on to someone else. We have uh, two other Eastern Conference teams here. Okay, cool. I want to talk about – I'm going eh, to – I mentioned the Heat. Let's talk about the Heat because they're, they're right. one of the ones I want to go to. Um, all right. They are a better version of the Pacers team in my eyes because I think that they are deep at a lot of positions. I think that – they have a lot of role guys who know what they need to do. I think that they have veteran leadership that the Pacers don't have. And I think mm-hmm. that they have a general toughness and maybe it's just the experience of having gone to the finals two years ago and Lowry having been there a couple of years before. Like, I think that they have all the pieces in place to go win a championship. Like I actually, I legitimately could, I would not be shocked if they made the finals and, honestly won it i don't think it will happen but if it did i wouldn't be shocked because like look at everyone on their roster top to bottom like you have lowry who's won a championship they signed uh, just this is strictly the people PJ, they added they, this they brought in pj tucker pj tucker exactly marquee morris is now on the team too and mm-hmm. oladipo comes back i know oladipo's been in, in and out so right like you said they're so deep so you have guys like tyler Hero, duncan robinson um you know, Kyle Lowry's obviously going to get minutes too, kind of replaces Goran Dragic there, but um, right. Like, but I think Oladipo is not going to have a high workload, and you can kind of load manage him. And if you can get, you know, All Star Oladipo in spurts, that's great off the bench. Is what your sixth guy, your seventh guy, right? So right. Well, and that's the thing. Like I think it's they got better because they they added depth. And they didn't lose a lot. 
Like, I know they traded away Kelly Olynyk last year, but, like, that's right. not the end of the world. Like, it really isn't. No, when you think not. about what their team looks like now, um, I do think, like, they're – I don't love Hero, but, again, versus him starting, yeah, him coming off the bench and being your – him with Old Depot, your second unit, like, again, if they could stay healthy, like, that could be a pretty solid um, backcourt. I mean, realistically, you're going to end up starting – Robinson at the two, right? Larry Robinson, Butler, uh, Probably. Tucker, Adebayo. So Hero I would imagine Oladipo come off the bench. And I think Oladipo ends up playing more of like a point guard role where you're not going to see Oladipo jacking up shots or anything like that. He's going to be more like Alonzo Ball and Tyler Hero is going to be your, your scorer. So I think Oladipo yeah. is going to be the seventh guy and Hero will be the sixth, which I think like I'm not upset with Tyler Hero at my sixth man, especially if he comes back and has a great year. So You've seen him do it before. Yeah. He's had good years. I mean, if, if both of them could give me like 12, four, and four, I'd be happy with that as my uh, second unit backcourt. I think, I honestly think you could probably even expect a little more from both of them. Like, I could see one or the other getting to like 16 a game. Like, I, I could, like, I could see them taking on this more of like a six man of the year type role right. where you're looked at as the spark plug to come in and score. Cause if you look at that starting lineup, like, None of none of them are like bona fide scores. I think Jimmy Butler is. I think Jimmy Butler gets to the rim, and that's Jimmy, what they need, right? They need one guy to get to the rim, and you have an option. You do you cover Jimmy Butler and let him take layups, or do you, you know, let him kick it out to Kyle Lowry and Duncan Robinson? And I think Adebayo is a good center. I think Adebayo does a lot for you, pick and roll wise with Jimmy Butler, and I think he can kind of get his own shot off as well. So, right, but uh, looking at Jimmy Butler for his career. And I don't even want to look at his whole career. I'm only going to look yeah. at his time in Miami. Over the last two years, he's averaging about 20 points a game. Like, yeah, yes, he's good. capable of getting – he's capable of going for 40. Like, we know that. We've seen that. He's done right. it. Is he capable of doing something like that or, you know, like even less? Like, is he capable of going for 24 a game? Can he up the if scoring can, that much? If he can get 24 points on 16 shots – and you get 18 from Larry and Adebayo, I think that's a good team. And oh, so definitely. I like your Pacers. I like your Pacers comment where you're like, I see the Heat as the upgraded version of this Pacers. And I think that's due in part to Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is an advantage over a Karis LeVert or a TJ Warren. Definitely. So you kind of see the, their ceiling goes higher, and I agree with you. I could see them going all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals if they hit the right uh, – like they have the right momentum at the right time. But they right. still have to beat a like they're going to have to beat the Bucks or the Nets in the second round, and that's kind of what's stopping them there. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that's the the kicker too. Is like, who are you going to see in those opening rounds? Like, if you see, for example, a the, we'll use the Pacers, are they your first round matchup, or is it the Knicks? Mm-hmm. Is it the Celtics? Is it the you don't know who you're going to have to play? And so, I think it depends on matchups, and then also like you never know. Like Philly could suck, or they could be good again. Like. You don't know where you're going to see them. Could that be a first-round matchup? Like, that's brutal. Yeah, I have, so like, I, have, I have Miami here as high as two, but no lower than six. I agree. I think they're realistically in the top four. I, I'd be shocked if they're I think so, the too. Four. I have a, I, if my true I, – I, so, two, I think, is as high as they're going to get. The Nets are going to have a good season. The Bucks are going to have a good season. One of the other as high as two. Yeah. More realistically, I think they're going to be, like, three or four. And that's just because I think someone we don't expect is going to have a great season and the Heat will take a little bit of time to warm up together. So um, right. I have them finishing third with about 50 wins. 
squeezing out a first round win against like a Sixers team or a tough Pacers team, maybe even the Bulls I mean, like, have a run. The but... Hawks, though, too, are another one that's in there. Like, I think that yeah, there's going to be some weird matchups. You're right, though. It, it totally depends on their path. Because if they yeah. get the right matchups, sure. I, I, don't, I have win. no reason to think that they wouldn't make it. But, like, if they catch the wrong team at the wrong time, they're in trouble. It's the Nets' year. I think the Nets come back and just kind of understand where they need to be health-wise. And I think their well, roster is definitely more cohesive this year with the three of their stars having played together a little bit. So I think what last year showed with them is it does not matter what seed they are. It doesn't. They could right. be a six and not have home court the entire playoffs, and it wouldn't matter. And still win. Yeah. And still win as long as they're healthy in the playoffs. So, like, I think they're going to put more of a focus on success. Fair. Yeah success in the playoffs and like fine if we have to go lose a game against the magic for no reason like whatever like right. they don't that's care as long as they get in and that's that's the argument for maybe the heat finish first or maybe the hawks finish first for the hawks are this young team you kind of see it with like the suns finishing high up in the west last year and uh right. the bucks doing it when Giannis was first becoming a mvp candidate and things like that right you see him finish first they have such a great season you could see, like realistically if trey young has an mvp year hawks finish first I mean, I could see it. They're deep. They're versatile. Like, uh, but then if, he again, has a Curry, if he has a Curry-esque season, he could possibly win MVP and lead them to the first seed. I just think if it's not the Nets, it's probably the Bucks again. That's my like. They've been so consistent. Like even after through success and whatever, they've been there the whole time. And like their team didn't overly change. They're kind of the same team. I guess they lost PJ Tucker, right. but like in the regular season, that doesn't strike me as a huge loss. You can figure out some type of. Uh, like take advantage of that deficit somewhere. They they have people on their roster, so yeah. Um, All right, let's move on to a different Eastern Conference team. All right, just finish it out. So right. the Sixers here. Hell yeah, Sixers are a hot topic as always. They're in the media all the time. So we have to I'm, talk about it. We have yeah. to. Yeah, uh, Ben Simmons. He's a disaster. He's a disaster. Like I He's, think. He's a little bit of a diva now. You kind of see him almost like a Porzingis, where it's like, we understand you're good, but if you come back and kind of be the same guy every year, you know, I mean, he hasn't I gotten better. Continue to be a fan. He hasn't. He hasn't. He hasn't started taking threes. He hasn't started doing anything that makes you say like, this is different from when he was a rookie. He's shown no growth, and it really doesn't benefit the Sixers at all, especially because in B, you see in B year after year continue to be special continue to work on something that he was missing right but you and you expect that to get out get that out of simmons and kind of take it the next step but they haven't been able to do that well and my thing with him too is like he's not doing himself any favors like i think this whole i'm not reporting i'm not talking to you i'm not doing this like he brings a bad energy it brings a bad energy you, it's you not don't want that on your team it's not necessarily going to get you traded. They're under contract for another four years. Like why do you think that that's going to get you on another team? Like, they yeah. have no reason to get rid of you. If anything, you're just going to get fined and you're not going to get paid this year because you're not showing up. Like, you aren't – You the only way you're going to get out of there is if you show up and you hit a jump shot. I got like Right. Or you show That's the way out. Least... But, he, but he's too too insecure with it where, like, yeah, you know, when you think about a, a scoring threat and a star, you kind of expect him to be a little bit of, like, an asshole a little bit and, you know, know that yeah. this is their shot and they can hit it. And he just doesn't seem to have that. And, you know, when you draft a guy first overall, you, you want him to know he's that guy. Like a Jalen well, Green. Jalen Green comes out here. He's like, I'm the best. I should have been drafted first. That's what you kind of want out of your lead scorer yeah. 
or a leading scorer. But here's the thing. He, and you mentioned this the last time we recorded, and I, mm-hmm. I think you're entirely right. The Sixers are not going with him as their lead option. He's right. really more of their, like, all right. He's the, back, he's we're the on second guy to Embiid. We're on Embiid's timeline. We're going to do what's best for him. We're going to focus the offense around him. And it's kind of at your expense. Like, we hope that right. you can be around for it, but it's not. So that's why I look at him and I'm like, if you put him in the right spot, he could be dominant. He really mm-hmm. could. Right. It doesn't feel like it's with Philly. I, and I think everyone would agree with that. It, but, it kind of makes you think about the process a little bit here. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, we, we have so many number one draft picks. One of them is going to turn out to be good. What happens if you have two first overall picks and they have to play together? Right. Like, well, that's the thing. That like, it, it's the age old question of do you take best available or do you draft for fit? And the Sixers, throughout the process, they drafted best available. They just took they took Embiid in the third or whatever it was. They took right. Ben Simmons one. They took Jaleel Oops. Okafor two, three, whatever. Three. I don't Okafor went third, and then they took um, Fultz, Fultz one. So like, was, I mean, Fultz was unreal in college, but it, it hasn't worked out for him. But right in college, he looks like the number one pick. But if you look at all those picks, like you could maybe put two of them on the same team and it would make sense. But all four of them say the process had worked out like as they, they had Nerlens Noel too. He was drafted yeah. what top five. So right. It, that, that's what I mean. Like, so at some point in their timeline before we came to this uh, like block roadblock, you need to say, this isn't beats team. This is Simmons team and get rid of one for assets. You can continue to go around one guy because both right. of them are going to be your lead player. You can't have two lead players. Well, so. you can, though. And that's the thing. They just really need to complement each other well. So that's why, like, look at look at a lot of these. Like, I'll go back from championship winning teams. And mm-hmm. I'll just – I'll go since 2000. Like, Shaq and Kobe. But, but at that time, Shaq was the MVP, and Kobe knew that. I think Kobe was a great player, and Kobe did everything he could for that team to win. But part of that was deferring to Shaq. When a it was time bit, to win, Shaq was – A little, but that's also – kind of what brought their downfall a little bit because it was eventually Kobe's time and Shaq didn't want to go. Right. But moving on from there, you go to like the again, it's unfortunate that Shaq's my next example but the Heat with Dwayne Wade and Shaq. Like another good example of a two-man team. I think you look at But Shaq was near the end of his like I I hate to continue to play devil's advocate but Shaq was at at the end of his prime. Second option to Wade. Wade dominant. won the, MVP, the finals MVP. Still dominant, don't get me wrong. Chris Middleton and Giannis last year. At that times, pretty... Giannis knew to defer to Middleton. He was like, right. oh, like this isn't my time. You need that. But it seems that Simmons wants the ball in his hands, and Simmons wants the Sixers to be his team so badly that it hurts the Sixers trying to give Embiid the chance they want to give Embiid. Now, what about like LeBron and Wade? Like, I think and that's another example where... Wade, I think Wade deferred to LeBron. LeBron I mean, came of course to South Beach, it was LeBron's team. Well, I'm not Look saying that they... Like, Chris Bosh was an all-star in Toronto. Goes I'm not saying that they Wade won't and... defer at points, but I still think, like, both both of your star players can eat in a system and, like, yes. absolutely thrive offensively. And it not but necessarily... Yeah, it I seems know that they, they butt heads, right? In all these situations, there were there was some type of understanding where... At times it was him, and at times it was me. 
you know, and when when everything is at the worst, right? When shit hits the fan, who do they give the ball to? Simmons or Embiid? And we know that it's going to be Embiid because Simmons can't hit a shot, right? Right. So no, you're right. There, and but, but Simmons has still continued to be arrogant and say it's my team. I should have the ball. I should be making plays, and he's proved that he can. Yeah. No, and I think that's why I look at the Sixers team as constructed, and I still think they're mm-hmm. very good. And I think they are still very I think they're good. Very, very good. Even with him on the roster, I still think they're like a top three team in the East. Tobias Harris is a great player, and Tobias Harris could be the second guy to Embiid. Definitely. It's about filling in the holes. If Simmons isn't there, where where does his value go? And that's the concern I have. I think you'd want like a a true point guard. Right. I actually wrote it down. Like, would you you trade Ben Simmons for Colin Sexton? And Colin Sexton kind of understands. Not straight up, but you make a deal, something like that, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it would make sense. I, I don't know why Cleveland. Would or like, do if that. you could, if you could, if you could go to uh, San Antonio I, and say, like, we'll give you Simmons for a whole bunch of role players and Derek White. Would you not take that deal? I think Derek White's a good player. I think Derek White could be your third option. So I think that's the issue with where Maury is at mentally. He's pretty much dug his hole that it's Dame or nothing at this point. Like, that's pretty much what he set himself up for, which, one, for one reason, there is no guarantee that Dame is leaving. Two, even if he is leaving, who's to say that you're going to have the best package? Who's to say they want Ben Simmons? You don't know that. Like, the Rockets didn't want Ben Simmons. Like, it's no guarantee. And so that's why I look at this and I'm, like, thinking kind of along the lines that you're thinking, like, you might have to settle after all of this. Like it well, even you- a year ago, at the beginning of last season, they could have traded for Harden. hundred percent. More was like, oh, like we're going to trust Ben Simmons here. Why would you not trade for Harden? And you, you know, yeah. you see these decisions all the time. You have to, you have to really credit a guy like Masai Ujiri, who had a Demar Derozan. And Demar Derozan was an All Star, and he was so great, and he continued to be great in San Antonio. But he said, you know, DeMar isn't going to get us over the hump and traded for Kawhi before DeMar's trade value plummeted. You know, right. he made a really, really hard decision. He made a gamble and it worked out for them. And you have to do that at some point, right? It should have, right. there should have been an understanding, right? And, but, you know, you also create the same problem where Harden comes in. Does Harden expect it to be his team or do you still allow him to be the player he is? So, yeah. No, so I, I think- have. I had the Sixers being as high as three, but I could even see them falling into the playoffs down there at like seven. So I, wow, that's interesting. You have them falling. I guess if, if this does blow up and it gets ugly, I could see it, but like, that's what I mean. I like guess, you don't really know with this team this year. They could, they could potentially be amazing. Like they have been, or they could kind of flop. I mean, we are, we're a month out from the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, and at this I, point, it doesn't seem like Ben Simmons is going to be back to help him. But I don't, I don't, I don't know that he's going to get traded before the season, though. Like I haven't I seen anything to suggest. Yeah, I mean, I think he's because, stuck. I think he's just not going to show up and isn't going to make money. And if you're going to trade for a young player, why would you do it at the trade deadline and not at the beginning of the season allow him to play with your core the whole year? Exactly. No, it doesn't right? make sense, and that's why. Like at this point. I think it's on Maury not pulling the trigger on whatever other offers are out there. And he's just like, I'm waiting for Dame to say I want just, out. You got to bite the bullet, in my opinion. You really, really do. But is that is that the best move? Because if Simmons, whether, if Simmons whether is he, willing to come back and bring a good energy, great. 
but, but whether Simmons, Simmons li- but whether Simmons likes it or not, he's under contract for another four years. They could wait ben until Simmons after cares. this season and trade him. I don't think Ben Simmons cares. I think he makes so much money off non-basketball activities. He doesn't care. I don't, don't know. Pay those fines. He's already he's already worth what sixty million dollars. He's fine. He's under the Rich Paul umbrella. There's no way yeah. he will fail, right? LeBron would never let him fail. I don't know. I don't think LeBron wants to be associated with any of this. I don't think he does either, and that's why Rich Paul is there. Yeah, that's a good point. Right, because you think about so, the people that LeBron has stuck his his neck out for. KCP's yeah. the world, or we're getting defended. But That's what I mean. Like, yeah. Think about all the guys like J.R. Smith and Amon Shepard who got big contracts. Look at Kevin Love. He's I mean, like, I don't want to play for the Cleveland Cavaliers, but LeBron got him paid, and Kevin Love's happy to get paid. Yeah, so, I mean, that's why he's not taking the buyout. But Exactly. Yeah. So, all right. All right. Uh, we mentioned the Blazers a little bit. Let's yeah, let's switch it up. And that was a good that was a good segue because we talked about Dame a bit. Um, all right, you roll with this. This was one of your this is your other team that you want to talk right. about. So, uh, what do you they think? Added, they added Tony Snell, who is the he's best fine. shooter in the NBA. <laughs> best shooter in the NBA. I'm pretty sure he's missed like one corner three the whole year last year. He did have he did have a pretty sick shooting season, but so it's just funny. I think adding him, best shooter in the NBA. I think adding him. <laughs> I think adding him to the roster uh, changes things a little bit. Uh, the biggest concern that I have with the Blazers is the fact that they have no guard depth. After Dame and CJ, you have Anthony Simons and Dennis Smith Jr., which is like super concerning. Yeah, because it's really not it, good. If you want to be up there with the Lakers and the Jazz and the Nuggets, you need a sixth-man option, and I just don't think they have that. Unless I mean, you really Norman Powell to the bench – but even then. And, like, you also – you think this through, like, again, not that Melo was great, but he was a bench mm-hmm. scorer for you. Like, you right. lost – you did lose some pieces this summer, and you didn't gain that much. Like, you really didn't. They um, got some shooting, but – and they, they hey, added Larry Nance Jr., who I think is an upgrade over Ennis Kanner. But yes. even then, like, who's making plays off your bench? And I, like – unless Dennis Smith Jr. has a bounce-back season – where Anthony Simons takes a step we've never seen and has like a most improved player season. Right. I just can't see them being a team that's going to push you to play 48 minutes of basketball and but, they're going to need to play Dame 40 minutes a game to be competitive. But that feeds right into, is he going to just say like, screw this. You guys haven't done anything for me. When have they done anything to show that we are buying into winning you a championship? They haven't. I think Damian Lillard's done it the right way. You know, no complaints. You know, every time he's asked by some random fan if he's going to be there or not, he's like, I'm here. I'm with the team. We're going to win a championship this year. I believe in us. Like, And that's what you want to hear. Yeah. You know, behind the behind doors, it doesn't matter. If Damian Lillard's going to the front office saying, look, I'd like to get out of here as soon as possible. As soon as you get a deal you like, please move me. That's fine. But the fact that he's coming out and saying the right things gives me hope for this roster. Right. I don't think they're going to be bad, but I don't think they're going to be great. I mean, are, they, are they, they better than like a six seed tops? No, I, no. they're, they're, they're the going big. to be in that play in area. Right. But if you're Dame where your window is closing, like, why are you still there? Why are you still there? If that's what your horizon but, is. But we don't know if he, like, we don't know what the truth is, right? Maybe he is going to the front office and saying, please move me. And like, you kind of have this Ben Simmons scenario where it's like, uh, you know, we're just not getting the right packages that we want. 
Right. And it's upon Dame to be understanding of that and understanding that it's a, you know, the team's trying to make it work just as much as he is. So, you know, if it really comes to a point where Damian Lillard demands a trade, I'm sure he'll get it, but he's bringing the right energy. He's bringing the right, uh, like mindset to the team, which oh, I, I think helps the Blazers do what he wants. Yeah. He's a I perfect just, employee in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that. Like, I think he is, he is very much an old school type basketball player where mm-hmm. he is very committed to the organization that drafted him. And right. to a certain degree, like they really haven't done him wrong. They've been incredibly successful his whole career, yeah. but they haven't made that move where it was like, we're going for a championship right now. Like they so just, it, ha- they haven't, another, yeah. even if now. it's like the, even if it's like the Nuggets trading for Aaron Gordon and granted, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's there. Like it stakes that, you know, they have that other injury and like it kind of derails their season, but like that is at right. least signaling, Hey, like we're trying, we think we can win this thing right now. We're bringing in a big name player. Like they've never done, they've never done anything close to Aaron Gordon. Isn't even like an, an elite player. Like they, but that's still a signal that, Hey, we're trying to get you a championship. Right. They've you would like to close. see them try and blow something up. You know, you'd, you'd like to see them move CJ McCollum. You'd like to try and see them move Nurkic if you're trying to win with Dame right now. But like, hemorrhage your picks. A, like they haven't. It's not like they've done any of those. It's the small weeks. market curse, right? If they if they trade like, away why, game, they need a package. If they trade away CJ, they need to know. They need to know because if they mm-hmm. trade away CJ and it doesn't work out, they're screwed. The the franchise right. loses revenue. They have to rebuild from nothing. They don't have assets, right? So, so it, 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 it's really really tough. You have to draft that guy, and it, and I look Damian at it, Lillard was supposed to be that guy. Let's look at let's look at it through the lens of the Bucks though. The Bucks couldn't get over the hump, and then they they sent three first rounders to bring in Drew Holiday, who again, yeah, point guard, not like a prolific NBA. Like, is he going to go to the Hall of Fame? Probably not. Like, yeah, I just think even that though was well, granted. You have Giannis and Middleton, had Chris but, Middleton, but you have Dame, CJ, Nurkic. Like, you have a core in place. Like. You could you could make the pick trade to bring in a sweet wing who's going to help get you over the hump. Like I that think was Covington. That was Covington. He's Come a good player. He, shoot, he shoots threes. He plays defense. You know, like but Covington. If, if plays... you're going to run, in, if unless you're moving CJ McCollum to the bench, like who and and how do you how do you bring in a player better than CJ McCollum? That's that's the the argument right now, right? It's like. If you're really trying to make that move, you have to bring in better someone than someone better than CJ McCollum. Doesn't that mean you have to give up CJ McCollum? You can't trade, you know. I mean, I think that you have to experiment with that. I don't think you want to do it, but I that's why I think like they and granted now it might be too late, but I'm saying a couple of years back, like they should have been ready to commit and be like, hey, here's you know, we the know Paul George is on the market. Passed. We're gonna go pull in Paul George. Like, I just think there was shit that they could have done. That they didn't, I, and that's why I wouldn't blame Dame for being like, "Hey, screw this, I'm out." And he, and he might be. We don't. Uh, I mean, like it's so difficult to understand what's actually going on. And uh, I just really like the the team is watching out for the team. I'm sure Damian Lillard's watching out for Damian Lillard. It's just unfortunate because, and like you know, you, you expect Damian Lillard to be that guy, and he and he really, really is. But you always have other teams. Like Golden State was always so much better than them, and I'm sure at some point. Right, like if it wasn't Curry, Thompson, Draymond, 
And then, you know, then LeBron comes in and LeBron's on the Lakers now, right? Like there's always somebody better than them. And I think that has to do with obviously your roster. And like, you think about the players who are winning championships, LeBron, Giannis, Kawhi, Kevin Durant, like those are the, those are the, the right. guys you want. And Damian Lillard doesn't fall within that build, but definitely within that prestige where he could be the Kyrie to someone's LeBron. And right. I think that's kind of what he needs to be. And finding that situation where the Blazers put him in that situation to be the Kyrie to someone's LeBron, I think, you know, yeah, it's just, it's patience at this point. So. I mean, I agree with that. I also, I look at it in a way where they did, they've needed like God, it dates back when they, even when they had LaMarcus Aldridge, like they've needed that wing, like they've needed that like three, four combo wing. LaMarcus Aldridge didn't want to be there anymore. He left and that's unfortunate. No, right. Exactly. And that's like, I don't even, I don't even think you can blame the front office for that. He wanted to go, but I still think like even w- say he stayed, I still think you are missing that wing. Like it's not like the Marcus Aldridge can be guarding those guys you just mentioned who won championships. Like you, you also, need you need that strong wing presence to win. And like and the Bucks yeah, brought do. in PJ Tucker. Like there's just you know they had Chris but Middleton they had kind of plays that Chris way. Middleton and Giannis. Uh, you know you look at the Clippers. They got Paul George and Kawhi. You look at you know the Miami yep. Heat. They had Wade and LeBron back then, right? Like and. and and now that's they, who, I mean, Jimmy Butler, yeah. like you have the teams yeah. that are successful have those you good need, ways. If you want to win a championship, you need a primary score, playmaker, all around great talent who's somewhere between six, six to seven feet, right? Like that, it's just, that's just the formula at this point. Yeah. I mean, it's clear. I, I think that you're not going to get it ways, done with it. There are ways around that. Like, I think that you can, if you get lucky, like, I think. The Suns in most years, like they just the ran into a success. hot. Yeah, I guess, but he's not necessarily like the playmaking. Build. Not yet. Not, not yet. yet. You're right. We haven't quite tapped into that yet. But yeah, I know what you so, mean. Like, I think I don't know. I I, I waver because so, I guess though, so, if you go back, you look at all these championship teams. They all had one of those sick wings. Unless back it was to, Dirk. honestly, back to Dirk. I think. Or the well, Golden State Warriors without Durant. But even then, right, but Iguodala was team, injured Cavs Iguodala team. Iguodala was, yeah. Iguodala's not it. It was Curry. I mean, he Thompson. won finals MVP. Uh, right, I know. I know. It's not. Right, yeah. So where do, you, where, do you, where do you think you put the Blazers in this year's playoff race? All right. Well, I think I got that... them with a first round exit. I think even if they make the play in and just the play in, like they're seven or eight, they got to win that first round easy. If they're going up against a team like the Mavericks, it's a win, you know? So I think the West is just so damn competitive. Like, they might miss the playoffs. They actually might they not even they make 100% the playoffs. They 100% could. I can't doubt that because we say this every year. We're like, I don't know. They could miss the playoffs. And then they're like the five seed or something, right? So they got to be, like, in my opinion, they're going to be between five and eight. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work back. And I think that there are sure. teams that are d- definitely ahead of them. I'm going to say it's. The Lakers, the Suns, the Jazz, the Nuggets. This is in no particular order. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lakers, the Suns, and the Jazz, the Nuggets. I think the Mavericks are ahead of them. Sure. I think then it starts getting interesting. I think the Warriors are like even with Clay being whatever Clay is going to be. No, I the think, Warriors are going to be good next year. That's, like just that's Curry least, alone. It's at least six. In my right, so that's what I mean. They're gonna they're gonna be somewhere between five and eight because you know but the Warriors are a question mark, yeah. the Mavericks are a question mark. So you could see them as high as five. Then you get into like the the Clippers who are gonna be good. You get into the um, the Clippers are gonna be good. Clippers will be up there. 
I have them competing for spots with Golden State, the, the Phoenix Suns, and the Dallas Mavericks. I I think they're all going to fall somewhere between four to nine. Yeah. All right. those teams. And realistically, as good as I could see teams like Memphis, New Orleans, Minnesota being much this year, out. like not as not as good as the Blazers, probably. But would I again would I be shocked if two or three of those teams ended up better than them? No. I that's what I mean. You you could really see them down there at night. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like that's why I wouldn't be shocked if something goes wrong. Like mm-hmm. say they have like because they did have a slow start to their season last year and then yeah. they totally pulled the nose of the plane up and ended up getting into the play and then playoffs. Right. But like is that a guarantee? I don't know that it is. Like I, I think this team is gonna be very on I just think it's gonna be I could see it being disappointing and I could see Dame saying, hey, screw it. I'm out of here. I think he already has. Like yeah. I really I, I have such a hard time believing that he doesn't want to be out of there. Yeah. But like you can't do what Ben Simmons do. You just like no, it, you're right. Career wise, it ruins your career. I would never want Ben Simmons on my team right now, and that's just because of the way he acted. I mean, although like Damian Lillard, I'll take Damian Lillard. Look at Harden, like coming in all chunky, like not Harden's like go different. to strip clubs and yeah, I agree. Harden like has a resume that says yeah, I can act like this, right? And sort of, sort of. He still can't act like that, and he also it, Harden's yeah. a top ten player. You can't. Simmons right. is not that. Damian Lillard is that, right? But I think Damian Lillard is still doing it the right way. In a heartbeat, yeah. if, if the Sixers, if I offered a package to the Sixers and they're just like, and they're like, oh, wow, this is a lot. We'll trade you Ben Simmons for it. I'd be like, oh, okay. And then I'd go to the Blazers and I'd offer them the same package. And if they were like, we, right. we'll give you Damian Lillard for it, I'd take well, Damian Lillard. <laughs> although Dame's aging, like, I don't know. I but don't yes, care. I agree. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You're going to win. That's why. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, I get it. All right. All right. Good episode. Yeah, no, I, I'm i glad we did. We'll start banging these out. I, we have a month before the season, so we'll start doing a couple teams a week yes. or so. Rip them off, see who's who we're thinking is going to be uh, in contention here. But this is a good start to it. Um, all right. Um, this is the Hoop True Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll have more for you guys uh, leading up to the season. <laughs>